0: Every time you're here, you're getting fed and that feeding makes that new man stronger and that feeding gives the Holy Spirit of God more opportunity to control your life and that's what God wants to do. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18, let's stand as we read this verse and we'll read it together. I like to have people stand before I preach. That way I know everybody's awake when I start. (laughs) Ephesians 5, 18. All right, together. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Heavenly Father, I do pray that your Spirit would speak to our hearts in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. The Holy Spirit... Is almost the unknown member of the Godhead in many of our churches today. We don't hear much about the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I'm going to teach a little bit here, and I'm sure your pastor has already taught you much of this, about what it means to be filled with the Spirit. We see in this verse, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, first part, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Let me give you a, a simple little tip how you'll never be drunk with wine. Never take the first drink. Never take the first sip. You don't need a taste of it. And if you don't do that, if you stay away from it altogether, you'll never disobey that command. Never, Don't be drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. As a young preacher, I had a great hunger to have the power of God. And uh, The church that uh, I was pastoring, I mentioned this morning, was in Toronto. And uh, we were having some souls saved. The church was running about 60 and we saw some regular growth. And the attendance was building. But I wanted more. I knew that there was more that God had. The great evangelist, Billy Sunday, used to leave his Bible open when he preached to Isaiah 61.1. That verse says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now that verse actually is a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that because Jesus quoted it uh, during his ministry. But Billy Sunday wanted God's power upon him as he preached. And he left that, the Bible open to that passage just as a reminder. And Billy Sunday's ministry saw thousands and thousands of souls come to know Christ. D.L. Moody another evangelist greatly used to the Lord one day he was he was pastoring a church in Chicago and they were seeing some folks saved and he was doing some uh, bigger meetings as well but one day he was walking down Wall Street in New York City and he was praying for God to fill him with the power of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God came upon him he borrowed a room from a friend that he knew and he said the power of God came upon him in such a way that he thought he would die uh, that day. Well, he, after that experience of being filled with the Spirit, he said in a meeting where maybe 10 people would be saved before, now 100 people were being saved. And many people who have been used of God, if you read their life stories, they've had this experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. They know what it means to be filled with the Spirit of God. The question is, can we still have the fullness of the Holy Spirit today? Or was that something that was just in Bible times? Can we still have, can can God still fill us today? Can we still have God's power upon our lives today? Can we still see revivals today like they saw in the past? Well, the first question is, what is the fullness of the Holy Spirit? now if you don't agree with this message today in the position that I'm teaching you it will not your argument will not be with me, but your argument will be with what the Bible teaches. I had a friend in Bible college that I roomed with one year and uh, We were searching for different things as Bible college students. And one night, the two of us went to a Pentecostal church where they were having a revival meeting. And that night in the meeting, a number of people came forward. And we heard people speaking in tongues, so-called. And uh, anyway, we went home. I decided not to go back for another night. But my friend, my roommate, went back. And he came back to the room that night after the meeting, and he said, Leroy, I've been filled with the Spirit. And I said, Tim, that's wonderful. And he said, no, you don't understand. He said, I spoke in tongues. And I said, well, I don't consider that so wonderful. And so I said, well, we, we need to do a little Bible study together to see what this is all about. And so I sat down with him, and we went through the Bible to see what the Bible taught about this matter of speaking in tongues. And he said, that evening until later, uh, he lost his ability to speak in tongues. And then he went back to that church and renewed his ability to speak in tongues. Well, my friend, what he got at that meeting was an emotional experience. It wasn't the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. Because you see, when I taught him the Bible position, he didn't practice what he had thought he had that night in that revival meeting. So what is the fullness of the Spirit? Um, The unfortunate thing here is that for people who sometimes have had an experience that they think is the fullness of the Holy Spirit, which caused them to speak in tongues, it's hard to talk them out of it because they say, I don't care what you say, I don't care what the Bible says, I know what I've experienced. Well, listen, friend, your experience is not as valid as what the Bible says. The Bible is our final authority. And so if the Bible says something, we need to follow the Bible. And our experience can be wrong, but the Bible cannot be wrong. Now, I see two commands in this verse in Ephesians 5.18. The first command is to be not drunk with wine. The second command is be filled with the Spirit. So let me ask you this question. Is it a sin for a Christian to get drunk? Yes or no? How many think it's a sin? Show me. Okay, if you don't think it's a sin, you disagree with what the Bible says here. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine. It's wrong to, to, to be drunk with wine. So if it's a sin to be drunk with wine, then it's also a sin, I believe, not to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a command that's given us there. Are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Uh, now, Ephesians Chapter 5, and after verse 18, it tells us the results of being filled with the Spirit. And uh, uh, for example, in verse number 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart toward the Lord, that'll happen if you get filled with the Holy Spirit of God. What else? Giving thanks always for all things unto God, the Father, in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. You know, that's all one sentence there. From from verse 18 down through verse number 21, that's all one sentence. So, wives, don't get mad at me. But the Bible is teaching here that submitting to your husband is a part of the results of being filled with the Spirit. Getting awful quiet in here. Uh, we don't like sometimes to, to, to go on and look at all this, but husbands, if you read on down, you see some other things there. And that is verse 23 For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. He's the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Mm. Boy, Paul is really preaching, isn't he? Verse 25, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that, it might, that he might uh, sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Go down to verse 33 for just a moment. Nevertheless, that every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. See that word reverence there? Only twice in the Bible is the word reverend used. It's never used in relation to a position. For example, Reverend White or Reverend Pennell or the most holy reverend so-and-so. You don't see that in the Bible it's uh it it's used in reverence reverencing God, and here a wife reverencing her husband. now ladies, that simply means that you ought to submit yourself unto your husband as if he were God. You say, but he's not God. Uh, well we both know that, but you have a, a situation here where your, your submission to God should be like your submission to your husband should be like your submission to God. That he speaks, he is in the position of God in the home, leading the home, directing the home. And husbands, that gives you a very special responsibility. You better be filled with the Holy Spirit of God to lead that home in a godly manner. The way God wants you to lead it. Because your wife and children are going to be looking to you for godly leadership. And that's why three times in this passage of scripture God tells husbands to love their wives. How should they love their wives? Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. it. Means he laid down his life for the church. And husbands, you need to be willing to lay down your lives for your wife, for your family. That's the kind of love that God's talking about. And men, if you love your wives like that, they'll have no problem submitting to you following you obeying you and so why is it important to be filled with the spirit of god it's important for your marriage it's important for your children you go into chapter 6 and verse 1 it says children obey your parents and the lord for this is right honor thy father and mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee that thou mayest live long on the earth and then it goes down and tells fathers what they're to do and servants what they're to do and so All this has to do, I believe, with being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so God wants us to be filled with the Spirit. Now, I'm not talking here about the Holy Spirit coming into your life or into your heart. If you are a saved person, if you've been born again, the Holy Spirit already indwells you. He came in at the moment you got saved. He lives there and will always live there. Romans uh, uh, chapter 8 and verse 9 tells us if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. In other words, if 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 you say you're saved, but you don't have the Holy Spirit of God living within you, there's something wrong. You are not saved. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came to dwell. So if you don't have the Spirit of God, it's because you're not saved. Listen, you can't profess to be saved and live like the world you can't profess to be saved and live like the devil if you're saved you need to let the spirit of god who lives within you direct your life guide your life fill your life and then you'll act like it talks here in ephesians chapter 5 and so first uh, corinthians chapter 6 verses 19 and 20 tell us that the body is the temple of the holy spirit you know that this building is not the temple of God you've done a nice job it's lovely and so on but this isn't where God dwells this is where those who are who have the spirit of God dwelling in them meet together but this 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 is an assembly place the spirit of God dwells in you that's an awesome thought he lives in our bodies now that ought to help you not to go some places that ought to help you not to associate with some people. That ought to help you to not listen to some music. That ought to help you not watch some TV programs and some of the things you're looking at on the internet. Why? Because the Spirit of God is living inside of you. Now, would you come into this church and curse and swear? You say, well, no. Why not? Well, you say, it's church. Well, listen, you're the church. So why would you curse and swear at any time? The Holy Spirit of God lives in you. The Holy Spirit came into you the moment you got saved. John 1, 12 tells us that believers are the children of God. Verse 13 tells us we're children by faith. And if you're saved, you are saved you have the Holy Spirit of God. You're born of the Spirit. So that's the first thing I want you to know. The Holy, uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit does not mean the Holy Spirit coming into your heart. Secondly, it's not receiving more of the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit does not mean that you have more of the Holy Spirit. Your heart is not a receptacle. The heart it's speaking about here is, equals your mind. And the Holy Spirit is not a substance. He's a person. The Holy Spirit is God. And uh, so sometimes we use wrong terminology. The Holy Spirit lives in your life. John 16, verses 7 to 15, read about that. It talks about the comforter. The comforter is a he The Holy Spirit is not an it. He is the Holy Spirit. Now, let me use an illustration for that. Back on August the 15th, 1970, I stood at a church altar and a preacher said, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife and have her to hold from this day forward? I said, I do. And he asked her, do you take this man to be your... We wanted husband to have a whole and for forth. she said, "I do. Now, in marriage, that day, I got all of her. She became my wife. It's what the Bible refers to as two becoming one. And uh, the same thing is true regarding the Holy Spirit. You have all of the Holy Spirit that you're ever going to have. I cannot say to my wife, Give me more of yourself. I have all of her. And when you got saved, you received all of the Holy Spirit you're ever going to have. Uh, He is a person who lives in your heart and he will never leave you. The third thing is this. The fullness of the Spirit is the Holy Spirit having complete control of us. It's the Holy Spirit having complete control of us. In other words, well, years ago, when I was first saved, somebody wrote in the front of one of my Bibles, one of the pastors I had wrote, is the Holy Spirit resident or president? He indwells. He he, he wants to be not just a resident. He wants to be the president. He indwells. He de- does he just indwell you or does he fill you there's a glass of water here is this glass filled with water no does water dwell in this glass yes now The Holy Spirit of God dwells within us, but the Holy Spirit of God wants to do more than dwell within us. He wants to control us. James chapter 4 verse 5 says the Holy Spirit lusteth to dwell. Now that word lusteth in the Greek means a strong desire. The Holy Spirit has a strong desire to take up residence in us if we galatians chapter 5 verse 17 uh, the flesh also wants to control us and the spirit wants to control us and so there's a struggle that's always going on that's going on all the time if uh, if the flesh controls you then the flesh has won the victory if the devil controls you He has won the victory. But if the spirit of God controls you, he has won the victory of that battle. Now to be spirit filled means that God has won the victory. And there's a battle on. Who wins that battle is up to you. Like a story I heard years ago about a a native, uh, an Indian man who had gotten saved and uh, afterwards he said, uh, "Ugh." Inside me lives black dog. Black dog is mean. All the time he wants to fight. But he said, Ugh, inside me is white dog. White dog is good dog. And he wants to do good all the time. But he said, White dog and black dog fight all the time with each other. And somebody said, Well, who wins? And he said, Ugh, the one I feed the most. And that's good. Who do we feed the most, the Spirit of God or the old nature? And uh, if you feed that old nature all the time, the Spirit of God is not going to have control of you. You know, it's a good thing to come to church. Even if you don't think you're going to get anything out of it, you will. And I think it's a good thing to come to church every time those doors are open. Come Sunday morning, Sunday uh, afternoon, (laughs) Sunday night, Come back on Wednesday night. Come back whenever you can. Every time you're here, you're getting fed. And that feeding makes that new man stronger. And that feeding gives the Holy Spirit of God more opportunity to control your life. And that's what God wants to do. I I tell you, I'm, I'm fearful for this new Christianity that's so prevalent today. Go to church one hour on Sunday morning. Hear a bunch of rock music hear the preacher give a 15 minute sermonette and uh, you're on your way you say you think we need more than that oh absolutely i do and i think uh, it's it's a it's it's a dangerous thing for these uh, these new modern type so-called evangelical churches just entertaining people coming to the church somebody group up in front bebopping to some rock music and uh, uh thinking that that's what christians need that's feeding the flesh We had a man come to our church one time who used to go to another Baptist church in town. And I said, well, why did you leave? And he said, well, they have this praise and worship team up there and the girls are dressed modestly. And he said, they're swaying to the music on the platform. And he said, I'll be honest with you, I have a hard time keeping my mind clean. And that's in church. My wife and I, went to a church service one time her nephew was singing in a group from Alberta they were touring through Ontario and they were singing and so they sent us the schedule so that we could come and listen to the choir presentation so we drove and got to the church and listened to this thing and they had a woman I'm not calling her a lady they had a female dancing they said it was a spiritual dance she was dressed in a white flowing dress and she was dancing to amazing grace back and forth across the platform twirling herself around her full dress coming up to where you could see her white underpanties i was so embarrassed I hung my head hoping there was nobody in that church that recognized me. And that's supposed to be Christian worship. Friend, that's feeding the flesh. And there's a lot of feeding the flesh going on instead of feeding the spirit. Come to church every time you can. Be in church where you can be fed and and grow. The Bible says uh, we're not to quench the spirit. I mentioned this morning about the experience I had at a pastor school in Hammond, Indiana. At that pastor school, I listened to all the different things that were being taught, and there were some things that I thought would be useful and helpful in my ministry. But on the Thursday night of that meeting, the preachers preached on fresh oil and the need of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And God gripped my heart and said, "That's what you need right there. You need the fullness of the Holy Spirit." That night as I left that meeting, I got in my car. I drove out of town, out into the country. I pulled my car off into a farmer's field. And I parked in that field and I said, God, I'm staying here until you give me the power of the Holy Spirit. And I started to pray. I confessed every known sin. Asked for God's forgiveness. I said, now, God, is there anything in my life that, that... that maybe I'm not even aware of that I've been doing that, that, that I could get right with you. And God spoke to me about some things. I said, is there anything else you want me to do in my life or ministry? I will do it. I will obey. And God spoke to me about some more things that he wanted me to do. And uh, uh, I got right with God as best I knew how and right with everybody else as best I knew how. And then I said, now God, please fill me with your spirit. And I stayed there and I prayed. And when I left there that night. I had the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Said you speak in tongues? No. How do you know? I just knew that God was in control. That's how I knew. I drove home after that conference back to Ontario. And that Sunday in church. My wife was seated next next to a, a neighbor lady that we'd been witnessing to and who had been to church a couple of times and she turned to my wife while I was preaching and said I don't know what it is but something's different and friend when you get filled with the Holy Spirit of God there will be something different our church started to grow even more more people got saved and uh, then God was able to speak to my heart and get me out of that denomination and lead us to start an independent Baptist church. And God just blessed in an amazing way. It was a miraculous thing what God did in Barrie, Ontario. I mentioned to you that we had 501 people on our first anniversary. We had 1,000 people on our second, or 1,100 people on our second anniversary. Our third anniversary, we had 1,350 people. I mean, God just did some absolutely amazing things. Able to start a school and we got property and built a beautiful church building and, and uh, God did all that. Now, Listen, all that has been accomplished in Barry, the over 100 missionaries that we supported. All the money that's been raised, all the people that have gone into the ministry, all the churches that we've started. Out of our congregation, we started some 16 or 17 other churches. All of that, I trace back to that farmer's field in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I believe the fullness of the Holy Spirit made me more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, do you want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit? If you're happy living a worldly Christian life, you don't probably desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, when we resist the spirit, the flesh wins. we, We quench the spirit. You see, Brother Pennell, how can I be filled with the spirit? On the day of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, by the way, had been foretold by the Old Testament prophets, particularly Joel. Jesus had prayed for this day. And so the day of Pentecost was an answer to the prayer of Jesus. He said, I will pray the Father and he will send you the Holy Spirit. But my friends, the fact that Jesus prayed for it and the fact that it had already been prophesied, that wasn't the big thing that happened on the day of Pentecost. The big thing that happened on the day of Pentecost is 120 believers gathered in the upper room yielded themselves to God. They had spent time in prayer. They were now in a position where they yielded themselves to God. Well, preacher, when does the fullness come? Well, there's no special time. It depends on when you're ready to yield. It doesn't have to be in church. It can be at your bedside. It can be walking in the woods. It can be any place, any Ephesians 5, 18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You'll be singing. You'll be thankful. You'll be submitting to each other in marriage when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Husbands and wives will love each other in a special way, and you'll have new power to witness. One of the things that I get blessed so much about is that God has given me the privilege of leading many people to the Lord. And you say, well, that's a special gift, isn't it? No, soul winning is not a gift, it's a matter of obedience. But the most important thing is to have the power of the spirit of God. Many years ago, a man named Evan Roberts was used in a great way in the Welsh Revival. And although he was a central figure of the Welsh Revival, uh, many others were involved as well. It has been said that the Welsh Revival was one of the purest classical Holy Spirit outpourings in the history of the church. Evan Roberts grew up in a coal mining community in Wales, and he was kind of a quiet boy at school. He quit school at age 12 to work in the coal mines. Age 13, he received Christ as his personal savior, and from a very early age, he was he was very sensitive about spiritual things and he didn't want to miss anything. So anytime there was anything going on at the church, he would go to the church. And at one point he was at the church seven days a week. He became obsessed with the idea of revival. And he recalled how as a young man of 25, he would, he would, he would, uh, he woke up one night and, uh, and found that the presence of God was so real in his room that he commenced with God as if man to man. Later, Evan Roberts became convicted that he needed to yield completely to the Holy Spirit. And he says that experience transformed him. He had been a shy, somewhat gloomy sort of a guy beforehand, but now he was filled with great joy. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit changes you. There's a contrast, as I said here. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. My dad was one of the nicest guys you wanted to be around when he was sober. And he was one of the meanest guys you didn't want to be around when he was drunk. Alcohol changes a person. And uh, he could be very bold when he was drunk. But he was very quite shy in many ways when he was sober. And I'm saying that being filled with the Holy Spirit will change you. And it did my, it, it, uh, it changed Evan Roberts. God spoke to his heart about speaking to the young people in his church. And he asked the pastor if he could have permission to speak to the young people. And the pastor had no idea what he was going to talk about. So he announced at the end of the service, uh, any of you young people who want to stay, Evan Roberts wants to say something to you after the service. And there were 16 that stayed. He gave a testimony to those 16 young people of what God was doing in his life. All 16 of those young people uh, came and, and got things right with God, and, and a, a revival broke out. Here was his message confess all known sin, put away doubtful habits, obey the Holy Spirit promptly. confess christ publicly and from that mighty meeting the next night they said can we have another meeting and they did and then another meeting another meeting pretty soon the little church was absolutely packed out and then it spread on to other churches and some of these meetings ran from six o'clock in the morning until midnight god was doing amazing things sweeping through the community and uh uh Crime was reduced to almost zero in in the town. The courtrooms had no cases to hear, and the the taverns closed and became vacant. The police officers didn't have any crime to deal with, so they came to church and they got saved, and they formed police quartets that they sang around the area. And uh, court cases in one area went from 700 cases in a week to just two cases in a week. You see what happened when people got filled with the Holy Spirit of God? It transformed their lives, changed the way they lived. And uh, Evan Roberts didn't really stand up and preach as such. Uh, he just kind of uh, talked about the, the Lord. He didn't really preach. And revivals uh, the revival spread, and it, it, it not only affected Wales, but it spread out to, uh, to, to England It came to the U.S., even touched Canada. And his message was simple. If you're unsaved, you need to come to Christ. If you're saved, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's my challenge to you tonight, this afternoon. If you're unsaved, you need to get saved. If you're saved, yield yourself completely to God. Let him fill you with his Holy Spirit. And God will transform you. He'll use you. That's you, Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.